following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! How? Plenty of time. Stop it. Throw it. To the end zone for Robinson and a touchdown. How under pressure. That ball's out. And it could be a score. And it is. Touchdown from the Arizona defense. Cam Thomas comes up with the scoop after Gordak knocked it away from Howell. Dobbs hit as he throws. Ball is out. Commanders have it. It's paid on top of it. It was knocked out by Sweat. Third down and goal. It's Howell. Stepping up. It's Howell. On the move. Play game. Touchdown. Here's Dobbs. Looking deep for Wilson. And it's broken up by the rookie Forbes. It is Washington football. Final seconds ticking away. I don't know why you don't maybe potentially fair catch that if you're Dorch just trying to stop the clock. But after all that, the new era of Commander football begins with a win in Landover. Well, they sure set him up happy, didn't they? Welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast. 20-16 to 16 win in week one over the Arizona Cardinals for the Washington Commanders. You know what that game felt like to me? It's one of those, like one of those rounds of golf where you shoot, say, 82 and you're really, really bummed out about three-quarters of the way through the round because you've played well, except for like a couple of holes that you maybe made a double or a triple on, and it's completely ruined the entire round. And then right as you come down the stretch, you you birdie 17 and 18, and you wind up with a score that lowers your handicap even though you thought that you were going to you know, completely have a forgettable round there kind of two-thirds of the way through it. That's kind of what that game felt like to me. Uh, but nevertheless, give them credit before a sellout crowd that was all Commanders fans with just the energy of the new ownership group and everything around this, the Commanders find a way to win the game. We're going to hear from Sam Howell. We're going to hear from Ron Rivera. And we will hear from Jonathan Allen and Montez Sweat and a bunch more before the day is over. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Some of the things we liked, some of the things we didn't like. Of course, we'll start with the guy that plays the most important position on the team, and that's quarterback, and that is Sam Howell. And I liked what I saw from an eye test standpoint. Statistically speaking, it was pretty mediocre. 
He finished uh, 19 of 31, 202 yards, a touchdown through the air, an interception, uh, and, of course, um, the sack fumble that led to Arizona's only only score. Quarterback rating is 77.6 on uh, the ESPN scale, which obviously could go well above 100. But what I liked about Howell, I'm not sure you can really quantify with statistics. Um for me, he just passed the eye test in the pocket. He did not seem like the moment was too big for him. He Clearly, he has got an NFL-caliber arm and can make all the throws that need to be made. He fit a bunch of them in some tight windows that maybe against a better defense won't, uh, you know, will be intercepted or something. But by and large, I, I liked watching him in the pocket. I thought he had, uh, in the first half, certainly, very good pocket presence. Um, you know, he was holding on to the ball a little long throughout uh, in, a, in some of those series, but it, it wasn't the same way that you saw Taylor Heineke hold on to the ball too long. I, I was never, I never had the sense that I was watching this game uh, with one eye covered, you know. Um, I, I thought that it looked like he, in the first half at least, Read the field fairly decently. Obviously, he likes throwing to Jahan Dotson uh, because he hit him a bunch, uh, as well as as uh, Logan Thomas. We knew that was going to happen because that's part of Eric Bieniemy's offense um, is is you know dealing with and and having the tight ends have a big part of it. Um, we talked to Howell after the game. Some of your exclusive locker room access that we have for you. And obviously the biggest problem was that sack strip uh, fumble that the Cardinals returned uh, for a touchdown. And after the game, Howell said, yeah, that's that's a big problem, and it's something that we got to Yeah, the strip sack fumble, um, you know, I was just trying to, you know, I felt some pressure up front, so I was just trying to spin out of it and get and break the pocket. Um, and the guy kind of got me from behind. I wasn't expecting him to get me. Uh, but in that, in, that situation, in that situation, backed up down there, you know, I just got to, Make sure I protect the football. Um, you know, if any at the end of the day, throwing the ball away, you can live with that. Um, so definitely got to do a better job. And then on the, on the run, um, you know, I kind of just went through my progression and didn't see what I didn't like what I saw. Um, so just tried to you know take it with my legs. But then what you have to remember, because no doubt everybody's going to be talking about that strip sack fumble this week. Look at what Howell did right after that. So. The Commanders get the ball back. They're now down thirteen to six, thirteen to seven, right before the half. They thought they were gonna. They thought they were at one point. You know, they were a few minutes before that. They were, they were up seven to six. They were driving for a touchdown when Antonio Gibson fumbled on the sixteen yard line. Cardinals went three and out. They get the ball back, and then comes the sack fumble. So right after the sack fumble, it's thirteen to seven Cardinals. They've got – it's the third turnover in the first half for the Commanders. Arizona has all the momentum. And then here's what Howell does. Howell to Samuel – to Curtis Samuel for 25 yards. Then Howell to Logan Thomas for 20-plus yards. And he hung in the pocket really well on that throw. Um, then the bad, you know, an incomplete pass that uh, – that to Logan Thomas, that Kayvon Wallace could have had a pick six. It he literally hit him right in the helmet had he been able – to catch it, he would have taken it back, and it would have been 20-7 to seven at the half. But he didn't, and it led 
to and so then the next play right after that, after he almost throws a pick six, another throw to Curtis Samuel for 33 yards. Joey Sly nails the 30-yard field goal. By the way, bad snap by Cam Cheeseman. Great hold by Tressway to cut it to 13 to 10 Cardinals at the half. And that's what we're going to get with Sam Howell. I think probably at least for the first two-thirds of the year. It's going to be up and down. But I like the fact that he was able to bring him back, that he didn't he didn't let it let it phase him. Got right back out there, took him down, got a field goal, cut it to cut it to three points at the half. And as you might expect, afterwards said, yep, still a lot to work on, and that this offense is a work in progress. Um, obviously, I think offensively, you know, we could have played a lot better. Um, you know, just credit to our defense. You know, our defense kept making plays all day long and, and gave us a chance there at the end to, you know, put some points up to kind of to give us the win. Um, you know, I just think offensively, you know, we were moving the ball well. Um, just turnovers, um, you know, penalties, sacks, just a lot of things I think I can do better. Um, but, you know, definitely a lot, a lot to clean up on the offensive side of the ball. So we're excited to go back in, the, in this week and watch the film and try to learn from it. And there is plenty to learn from. Now, obviously, Howell, even though he accounted for both of the commander's touchdowns, and I thought played pretty good for it being only his second start in the league, star of the game, obviously, was Montez Sweat. His stat line, five tackles, four of them solo, a sack and a half, two tackles for a loss, and a quarterback hit. He is fulfilling that that uh, potential that everybody has seen in him since he came into the league. And if you have, and I know that all of you have, you followed all of the preseason scuttlebutt and everything, everybody said Montez Sweat is the guy that is going to break out on the defense this year. Go ahead, if you're in the front office, somebody send a memo to Josh Harris. Just, just go ahead and go ahead and extend him now. Give him the bag now because the man deserves it. Uh, it's going to make it real interesting. He uh, Montez Sweat took a big step and has taken the early lead on the course in terms of who do you extend, him or Chase Young. If you can only extend one of them right now, uh, Sweat has a big early lead. Chase, of course, did not play. They are hoping to have him back against Denver, but uh, it could very well be um, third week of the season against Buffalo back at FedEx. Here is Montez, and we'll bring it to you in its entirety, the entire about minute and 42 he was there uh, in front of uh, everybody in the locker room after the game. I mean, like you said, a win is a win. Uh, at the end of the day, it was all a, a team effort, offense, defense, special teams. We just came out with the win game-changing plays that, you know, in the third quarter, you guys are down, you made the turnover. Defense really stepped up today. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we pride ourselves on. Uh, defense closing games. I kept on telling them who's going to be the closer, who's going to be the closer, and John came up with a big sack for us, and he came out with a dub. The way the offense was staggering, did you feel like you guys had to make one of those plays to turn, turn the thing around? I mean, not necessarily. Uh, I think it's, it's urgency on both sides of the ball, whether the offense needed to close and we needed to close, so. It was a team effort. Do you, do you feel like those back-to-back sacks with you and Duran, do you feel like that was the momentum changer? Uh, I think, yeah, definitely game-changing plays like that definitely get the team going. So we just got to build on it. How do you feed off the crowd, and especially third downs? You know, the crowd, crowd was extremely loud in certain situations. Yeah, the crowd was rocking, uh, especially in the second half, man. I, I really appreciate that. We got to keep it going. What do you see when you go to get that script fumble? What do you, what's run through your head at that point? I see the ball. See ball, get ball. <laughs> what was sort of the mindset of the half? 
I mean, we uh, at the half, we I mean, we felt like we, we let a couple of players get away from us, but at the end of the day, we kind of felt like we knew that game plan, quick game screens and stuff like that. So we just wanted to keep on our plan and just get some turnovers because they had a lot more turnovers than us in the first half. How does it feel for this team to win a game but still kind of feel disappointed? I wouldn't say disappointed. Uh, we definitely let some plays out there. We, we definitely need to get back on the back in the drawing board and, and just get back in the lab and just keep building on this. But we're gonna be better. You know what? The the thing that strikes me about that because ninety seconds of audio can really tell you a lot. You go back and you look at it. He was he's really becoming comfortable as a a, a leader and a standout on the team. He's becoming comfortable with being a star. And let me tell you, that's what that's what Montez Sweat is developing into. I mean, you know, between him, Alan Payne, and God help us all if Chase Young comes back and is anything close to what he was when he was defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> you know, you think this defensive line is good now. It, it has the potential to level up to something we haven't seen in Washington in quite some time. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the ambiance, the vibe, the zeitgeist there at FedEx Field, something we have not seen for a long time. That's next. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who has got you covered on the action for every single one of them? Who else? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers, you can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody is missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this December. So don't forget, you need to get in on NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. By downloading the app now, use the code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5. They'll take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours, boys and girls. So if you got a parlay that you want to get some action on, DraftKings is the way to do it. Again, don't forget the promo code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or HOPE-NY by text. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and up. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility. Terms of responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to this Victory Formation Monday edition. Forgot to mention that at the top of the show. Hey, you know, this team, who knows when the next time is we'll be able to say that. So 
it is officially the Victory Formation Monday edition. All right, let's talk about why this was such a big game because of the new ownership. Uh, I, I saw during the game the Dan Snyder's uh, Yacht Tracker Twitter page post that uh, apparently Snyder's yacht was somewhere in Indonesia, literally off the, off the coast of Malaysia or something. Uh, I assume that Dan was on it. Don't really care, but I, mean, I guess it's possible he rented it out to somebody, and, and you know that's why they're that's why it's so far away. But I thought that was poetic that it was literally on the other side of the world, as far away from FedEx as humanly possible. You saw Josh Harris there. You saw a ton of former Redskins players there, highlighted by uh, Sonny Jurgensen was in the booth. Uh, Mitch Rails. Flew his plane down to Florida to bring back him and Billy Kilmer and Jim Hart. Uh, John Riggins was at FedEx Field for the first time in years. Champ Bailey was there for the first time since he was traded. Uh, aside from having to, I guess, if he, uh, I assume he came back and played with the Broncos there at some point, but the first time, you know, voluntarily of his own free will coming to FedEx Field. Um, and the crowd was loud. It did help the fact that the Arizona Cardinals really don't have a whole lot of fans outside of the Grand Canyon State. And the fact that the fans they do have don't travel and for good reason. So for that reason alone, it was it was a almost 100% Commanders fans crowd. But it was a sellout. I mean, just about every seat was filled, save for, you know, the no-shows that were there. It was loud. It it felt like FedEx used to feel back before this dark cloud settled on over the franchise. And whether you think that tipping point was 2013 or 2014, 2014 excuse me, or when Dan Snyder first walked in the building, whatever, that was gone. And it really did feel like a fresh start for this organization after after 25 years. And the players felt it, too. Here's Terry McLaurin saying this is really the first time he's seen this, uh, an atmosphere like this, since he's been in Washington. Oh, man, it was amazing coming out there. Yeah, I got I got chills uh, standing for the national anthem. Um, the saxophone player, I didn't get to say what's up to him, but that, that dude can play, man. And the way he played it through uh, the planes coming over was just a really cool moment to hear the roar of the crowd. I've been here five years, and that was the loudest I probably heard it. Um, so it's good to get a win to hopefully keep that momentum going so the next time we're at home, uh, we can have a similar outcome. And that'll be in two weeks. Uh, but this week, first off, is a trip to Denver to take on the Broncos. It will no doubt be a much, much tougher test. Broncos have a lot better personnel than Arizona, and they are coming off a one-point loss to the Raiders. We'll talk more about that during the week. Have you a good one, everybody. Don't forget to download the show. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. And don't forget to go and check out sportsjourney.com with our recap on the game, as well as some keys to what to expect and who to keep an eye on this coming week. Have a good one. We'll talk to you a little bit later in the week. Like the Wise Man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white. Watch this hand.